Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast. Porsche Cool Podcast owner stories. Um, if you've been here before, welcome back. If you're new, welcome to the podcast. Uh, my name is Michael Bath. This is Owner Stories. This uh, episode is every Tuesday, every Tuesday at the moment, anyway. Um, and we basically, it's me talking to owners around the world about their Porsche story. Uh, it's been a great series. I've been really, really enjoying it. You know, I've met so many nice people and, and had so many great conversations through um, through Zoom. I do these, these, uh, these owner stories through Zoom. I'm currently in Bahrain. So, you know, it, it's, a good, it's a good format. I enjoy doing it and the stories are great. Today we've got Mark from the UK. I don't know a lot about Mark's story. He's coming on. I just saw that he's on Zoom now. So I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to connect with Zoom and we'll start talking to Mark uh, about his Porsche cooled owner story. Okay, welcome back, everyone. So this Porsche Cool Donor Stories, like I said, um, the number, the number you know I always forget, but the number is 21, 21 Owner Stories. Um, today we have, we have a good one, I think, because um, Mark is joining us today. Mark's from the UK, and he is, he is a multiple, he's been a multiple Porsche, Porsche owner, actually. He's owned a few. So it might be a bit longer today because we're going to get into each of the ones that he's owned and the one that he's still got today. And, and hear about his story. So Mark's here with me now. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Mark. Oh, thanks, Michael. Yeah, it's all good. Um, uh, I enjoy your podcast in my morning walks. So uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to uh, chatting and yeah, it's good. Fantastic. Yeah. So just so the listeners know, Mark reach out to me by Instagram. And I always say Instagram is usually the best way to, to contact me because um, I'm, I'm on it every day. I'm on it every day on the Porsche Cool Instagram, you know, keeping it up, feeding feeding Instagram so that they they still like me. Um, so I'm always looking at the messages at the same time. So if you want to be on the owner stories, you always, uh, the best ways to contact uh, is is through DM on Instagram usually. So Mark, you know, you know how this podcast starts, starts and we're, we're talking about it then just off recording. Um, the podcast always starts with, you know, everyone has a story to tell and that's what you know, Porsche Good Owners stories about is about. Usually there's something in our childhood or something, you know, sometimes it happens when you're a kid, sometimes it happens when you're an adult. But when was the first time you thought, okay, I, I really like this brand Porsche and one day I'm going to get one? Well, Michael, I honestly don't remember a time when I didn't want a 911. Um, okay. <laughs> it's all I ever wanted, really. Um, and it was just trying to sort of a way to get one. Um, my dad has always been a car fan. Uh, and I guess... That stems from there, going to car shows as a kid and that sort of thing. But uh, uh, you didn't really see sort of 911s on the streets where we lived really much in those days. You went into Manchester, you may see one or two side streets, that sort of thing. But my parents had a, a shop in a small town nearby where we live. And I remember vividly being in the shop one Saturday morning and um, just seeing uh, this 911 drive by. Okay. And uh, at the time, remembering what a great looking car it was and the silhouette and, and everything, as we all say, really just love the shape yep. and the silhouette. And I'd seen it a couple of times after that, thought what a great looking car it was. Um, so obviously started then the bug looking, reading magazines from a really young age, to be honest, as I say, about 15. Um, I left school at 16 and got okay. my first job in a menswear store. And I remember one well, basically, I used to go to work on the bus, and um, there was a Porsche agent near a store that I used to work at one day a week. I used to do management relief one day a week, and there was a Porsche agent, Ian Anthony, in Bury near Manchester. 
and basically grab a sandwich at lunchtime and actually go up there and uh, stare in the window, really, at the 80s Porsches. <laughs> um, that would have been about 89, something like that. Um, then when I was about 18, again, a few good few memories, really, I suppose. But when I was 18, I worked in the markets with my father and uh, one of the guys on one of the stalls further up from us was telling me that he'd just got a 3-2 Carrera. Okay. Uh, which was about three years old at the time. Yeah, He promised himself one and got himself one. So I was begging him every week for weeks, what's felt like weeks, to come bring it to the market, bring it to the market. Anyway, one day, not thinking, I was busy with something else, and he just said, tapped me on the shoulder and said, come over and have a look at this. you know, And uh, took me over to the car park, and there it was, stood on the grass, and I was just mesmerized. It was just uh, what a fantastic-looking uh, thing. So that was when you were, that was when you were 18? Yeah, so 18. So so you see this you see this 80s Carrera. You're 18. Yeah. So how long did it take then before the dream turned into reality? Well, the extension of that really was that day he took me for a spin in it and he got out when we were part way along the road and I thought what's he doing? And uh, he said right, you drive. So I oh, drove really? it back and I was like, oh my God, this is just like, I've got to have one of these things. So that was it then. The uh, the goal was set and I was determined I was going to get my first one by the time I was 25. So how, sorry, Mark, um, the car was how many years old? This car that you I reckon you about three at the time. So it was almost um, a brand new, it was a brand new, it was almost a brand yeah, new car. Wow. Sweetie Carrera. Yeah. Uh, it was certainly no more than five, but yeah. Yeah. So that memory is pretty strong then. Yeah, and just driving it was just, yeah. I mean, obviously, part nerves, part excitement, and just part, wow, this is just insane, you know. It, was, it just felt so fast as well at the time because, well, they were, I suppose, at the time. So that was, sorry, that was what year, that Carrera? Um, I'd say it was about 87, something like that, and we're talking 91, so it might have been about four years old, yeah. 87, 87 88. Okay, okay, so that's that's very relevant then, if it's an 87, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, of course, it was the first year of the G50 gearbox as well. Yes, exactly, um, exactly. Three, two Carreras, yeah, so... All right, so you you so, have that experience. You go for a, you go for that. Well, not even a passenger seat drive. You actually get to drive it, which you know, at that age, you you must be going, wow, I've I've, I've got to do something now to get one of these. So, yeah. how many cars did you go through before you bought your first nine uh, eleven? Oh, quite a few. Yeah, I'd um, I'd got various jobs, um, did a bit of traveling, various jobs. Um, usual sort of run-of-the-mill cars, um, and then, well, basically, I I, I, um, I joined the Porsche Club when I was 23 back in '96, um, which ironically is I was just looking at it the other day, and it's 25 years ago this uh, this wow. week. Wow. And um, I just read all the magazines and that sort of thing. It was a case of going into the local newsagent and uh, getting the magazine every every month, 911 and Porsche World. Porsche, Porsche magazine for the Porsche UK, GB UK. And um, yeah, but went through many cars, um, but was so determined to have one from when I was 25. And what actually happened was that um, I'd started getting company cars when I was about 22, 23. Okay. So then the, the urgency was quite good because then it wasn't needing to be sort of an everyday transport. Yeah, type car, you know, it's going to be. That's almost the perfect situation, isn't it? To have the company car and yeah. then have your have your nine eleven as your other car, so to speak. So yeah. So you you get to the point where you you and this is going back. You 
you bought the first your first 911 in 98, wasn't it? You said 98? Yes. Yeah. So in 1998, which is, you know, what was 23 years ago, isn't it? 23 years ago. So you've been a Porsche owner for a long, long time. Um, you've been in the brand for a long time. So what made what led you to the car that you bought in 98? Can you remember what you were looking for? And was that what you were looking for? Or did you settle on something else? Yeah, I think the combination of seeing the um, 3.2 Carrera from my father's shop and then going to my pal's 3.2 Carrera, it was very much a case of it's got to be a sort of 70s, 80s air-cooled and whatever I can afford, really. Um, and that's what it turned out to be. <laughs> Young and daft, buy the first one you see. <laughs> Started looking through, I don't know if you're familiar with it, with the magazine here, it's online now, but Auto Trader. Yeah, yeah. Well, that used to come out every Thursday as a, in a magazine format in those days. So you'd be looking through there to find out what was for sale and that's uh, okay so tell tell the listeners let's get into it tell the listeners what the the first one you bought what was it uh the year the the model the color etc sure i bought a 1978 911 3 liter sc uh targa in i think what was described as light green metallic uh, over a tan interior nice, um nice combination say, yeah it came with it was a bit weird looking at the time because it came with what they call d90 wheels on it which were common on the 944 and early 964s, yeah, yeah. I believe. Yes, yes. Um, so I soon swapped those out and put some black fuchsias on it, as it should have had, um, and made quite a few alterations to it. Um, the interior was in not in great shape, so that got changed uh, a little bit, like the door cards got remade and stuff. I'm unfortunately a bit of a stickler for originality. I like things to be as they were, if you can find out, you know. Um, so when you when you bought it, you took it the door cards etc. You bought it and you took it to a, a specialist interior guy and got them to redo it all, or you bought the parts separately and fitted them yourself. Are you hands on, or you got people to do it? For no, you? I got people to do it, but I I basically sourced um, as a chap down on the south coast of England who does uh, southbound motor trimmers, who basically has a lot of the leathers from the seventies and eighties air cool cars. Um, he's got stockpiles of. What and he knows he's got the knowledge of knowing what leathers for what cars and what years and that sort of thing. So you returned it. You returned it to its original condition. You didn't change the color of the interior. You kept it all original. Yeah, the seats were in pretty good shape. So um, I just changed the door cards. I don't know if you're familiar, but the early ones, that, well, not the early ones, but the seventies, eighties again, air cool ones. They've got very big um, door pockets yeah. with the lid on yeah and the weight of those i think because it was a target it was probably leaking at some point down the back of the doors as well um and that was softening up the the uh, cardboard backed or whatever um the backing on the door cards um and it was obviously causing problems so you said you bought this you bought the um sc and you bought it from um auto trader you found it in auto trader yeah, I bought it off a guy's drive, yeah. Um, so you literally just went and bought the first one. You saw it listed, was one of the first you saw, and you just went and purchased it. Yeah, pretty much, Michael, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure it's the way to go. When I listen to your podcast and people talking about inspections and this sort of thing. But, uh, yeah. but I, think, I think, you know, we're talking about 1998, right? And we're talking yeah. about the prices of, you know, a 78, uh, a 78 SC Targa obviously sure. are a lot less in 1998 than what they are now. So, Yeah, yeah. Um, relatively speaking. I can remember speaking, how much I paid for it, to be honest. I mean, I paid £10,900 for it, and which felt like a lot of money at the time. Um, which, for some reason, still sounds like a lot of money, doesn't it? It still seems like a reasonable yeah. chunk of money, even in 1998. 
You know, it's not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've got. I can't just remember all the things I did to it. Um, I know I spent an awful lot of money on it. Uh, I had it six years, um, and I spent a lot of money on uh, just maintaining it. Really, had some body work done as you do, and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, testing your memory, when you picked mm. up the car, so you picked up the car, you took it home. Was there anything? So, did you go and get it checked out after that? Did you do? Did you get a, a no. service done on it? Can you remember? Was there anything that, that came up that you had to fix straight away or was it pretty much good to go? It was pretty much good to drive. But again, I reiterate that at the time I, I sort of had a um, company car. So it was a case of put it in the drive um, and then, you know, play with it and see what comes up really. Um, I have this vivid memory of driving it for the first or second or third time, just going out for blasting it and things and thinking, this is fantastic. But, I've got to be honest with myself. I can't see the car. <laughs> and, uh, it was always the shape that got me with them. Um, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's the sound and everything else. Yeah, but the, yeah. the shape is just so iconic. I know everybody says it, and I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it's just, yeah, such a great-looking car. But um, those 78, the 78 SE Targets are pretty nice, though. They are very nice. You know what I mean? The yeah. shape of their, yeah. they're nice. They're a beautiful looking target. I have to say, I've got this, I have got a really a, a appreciation that's growing for the SC. I, di- I didn't realize, I don't think how good the SC is in general, the 911 SC. Um, and I think it probably started when I spoke to James at Porsche Platz, James, who had the GT6 uh, cup car, uh, the 996 sure. GT3 cup car, who was on a previous owner's stories. And he said that he wanted to pick up another one, which I think he has. And then price-wise, SCs, even today, they seem to be still a little bit lower than some of the other 911s. You know what I mean? They're definitely lower than a G50, you know, uh, a G-Series, G50, 87, 88 model. That's for sure. So, Yeah, I think it probably comes down to possibly the gearbox. Um, They do say with the 915 gearbox that the SC had that the if it's a very well-maintained gearbox, you can have a fantastic driving experience. You only have to have... Um, a slightly, I wouldn't even say shoddy, but a slightly out of sync gearbox, I believe. And, you know, it can cause problems. I mean, I used to have problems with mine. I've got to be honest, that was one of the big problems I had with it, where you'd be in fifth and you're coming down a slip road coming off a motorway and you're going down to fourth to third to second and slowing down for a roundabout and you throw it out of fifth and it just throw itself into the middle, you know, on a big spring action sort of thing. But oh, really? I wasn't that knowledgeable as to why that would be at the time or, or whatever. Um, I believe, I mean, red years gone by, I think if you've got a well-sorted one, they seem to be, yeah. So that's good. the, that's the common issue with this SC then, is it? The gearbox, the gearbox is the common, common, not yeah, weak, that, weak point. Then, Let's call it a weak point. A lot of people swear by it as well. I much prefer it to the G50. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, I think it comes down to personal taste and I think it comes down to experience and whether you've had a well-sorted one experience or not really right yeah so you had that car you owned that car for how many years mark six years six years so Um, quite a long time so it must have been pretty good for six years yeah i uh, again it was a car i'd always wanted um took it to plenty of shows and that sort of thing but unfortunately i lost my job um and lost my job at the time the company that was I worked for at the time felt 100% safe and it wasn't and yeah lost my job and was like bills to pay we bought our first house so unfortunately had to sell it um which was painful two ways really one working out how much I'd actually spent on the car and how, how little I got for it all oh, right um but yeah just uh, at the time a point in time I had to uh, 
to move so on. It, so it so. wasn't you didn't sell the car because you didn't like the car or you fell out of love with the car. You basically had to sell it due to financial, personal type reasons. Yeah, so that was just, the only yeah, reason. Circumstances really. Yeah. So yeah. so you owned that car for for six years. You bought it in in um, what was it ninety eight? So two thousand and four. Two thousand and four. You're Porscheless. You sell it. It's gone. How yeah. long does it take you before you get your next Porsche? Well, it was very much a case of, right, we're not having another one blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> because of uh, how much we had actually spent on it. And uh, when I sold it, I, sw- I swore to myself, sorry. Sorry, Mark, just interrupt. How, do you want to share that? Or how much you actually, the, the SC target, can you have, do you have a rough idea in your figure of what you I pen- think- spent during the six periods on maintenance, running, main, well, maintenance more so, not petrol and insurance and stuff, but basically maintenance? Yeah, I think off the top of my head, and I'm, I try not to think about it, um, and when I do rave about how what I've done with the three two Carrera, I get told at home that you know, well that's to offset what we lost on the last <laughs> one. But, <laughs> but it's uh, no, I, I think off the top of my head, uh, including buying it, which was as I say just short of eleven thousand. I, I think I was into it for about twenty two thousand. Okay, so uh, you spent double the amount. So you spent another yeah, double the amount. The painful bit was get, what I got for it. I got seven thousand for it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> you know at the time. So. Well. To make you not feel so bad, and I'm, I'm, I think Steve's probably going to get annoyed with me if I share this, but I, I think he shared it on a podcast before, so I'm going to share it. But when he had his 993 Carrera, and I won't mention the amounts because he gets a bit funny about it, but the amount he paid for his 993 Carrera, he put in the same amount of things when he sold it, when he added up all his receipts, sure. I think. If sure. Steve's listening, Steve, I know you're listening, but... You know, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I think he literally put in the same amount, and that was just you know he he'd done a few mods and leather things and whatever, but he basically the cost of the car when he sold it, he added up all his receipts, and it was literally almost the same as the cost of the car. Cost of the car, mm. yeah. So I think it's a, it you know could be a common thread there, Mark. It could be a common thread. You, you're not I think the only it depends one. what you're doing it for as well, <laughs> doesn't it? I mean, you know, there's possibly quite a lot of people that that do buy them to try and have the car they want and profiteer. Um, I, as they bought the car that I wanted, um, had it for a good period of time, and uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. I've got to be honest. So and, yeah, the uh, the thing yeah. is, the maintenance costs on that really. I mean, if you bought a new car, the depreciation, you know, that side of it, you're going to lose more money if you bought a new car. So you know, it's sure, sure. you know, Porsche still. I I still you know, there's still a let's call them an appreciating asset. Appreciating as in you know, you don't really lose money because the enjoyment you get out of it. Sure, you got to pay for maintenance, but you got to pay for maintenance for any car. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, sure. And I always think, you know, even my Audi that I used to own, I, I keep saying it, but it, it used to cost me more to maintain that car than it does the 911. So yeah. that that's just crazy. Um, so reliable, aren't they? Yeah. So you, okay, so you're Porscheless and then you, we're getting into this, you you start thinking, yeah. okay, your wife says, your wife, you says that no, yeah. you're, not, you're not having another one. She's got a good <laughs> sense of humor because you know you've already lost on one. So what happens? How do you, how do you get into your second 911? Um, well, when I sold the first one, I swore by the time I was 40, I was having another one. Um, so that's, a, I guess, a good way away. But uh, so it was eight years at that time. Anyway, at 39, I go down somebody's driveway and buy another one, <laughs> um, which is the one I've got today, um, which is a 1987 uh, 3.2 Carrera Coupe in Cassius Red, which is... Yeah, an interesting colour. I love it to bits. Which um, I'm very, very envious of because that has to be – that's up there with my top colours in that in that model year, that generation. Okay. I think it's a fantastic yeah. colour. 
and and yours is a little bit more unique because of the wheels as well, which I haven't seen that often. I think I have seen it before, but not so often. So tell the yeah. listeners exactly what the what the car, if you remember, what the car came optioned with, and and talk about the wheels as well, Mark. Sure, um, it came with what they call the sport pack, um, which gave you the front balance spoiler and the sort of chin spoiler and the rear uh, whale tail. Um, the colour option wheels, as you say, were were an extra, I believe, factory extra. You often see them on uh, white um, Carreras of that vintage as well, um, but it tends to be black, uh, black centres. Um, and the sports seats, uh, sports electric seats, seem to be the extras on it. Uh, I've not actually got any paperwork to, to sort of show that, but uh, I recently, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but I did a... Um, uh, Roger Bailey on YouTube did a video on my car that came out last week. Oh no, and I haven't seen it. All right, we looked into that um, with the factory option wheels because we're questioning because apparently it was a it was a relatively new thing uh, on the eighties on the three two Carreras um, that you could option the color wheels um, from factory. But, so uh, you're thinking it it did it, so it did come from factory with those wheels. It, it yeah, was part sure. of the option list, but you don't know what the yep. option list is for your car, or you can't locate it. No, no, um, no. I've, uh, I'm pretty sure it's it's fairly as as was ordered. Yeah. Um, so, so let me tell yeah. let me tell the listeners what your Instagram is because then they can have a look at it, and it's always good for them to look at it while we're we're chatting. Uh, and it's uh, Dempsey eight six one seven. So D E M P S E Y eight six one seven. The link for that Instagram will be in the in the podcast description as well. But if you're listening now, check out uh, Mark's Instagram, and there's images on there of his uh, of his nine eleven. Yeah, go on, Mark. So the other options. I mean, I like. <sighs> I wouldn't think. I would like the wheels, but I actually do like the wheels. And I think I've seen these coloured wheels on a, an avert, a special edition. Is there a special edition G-Series yeah, that did, uh, has the coloured wheels? I think I saw it on Bring a Trailer. Could, there was one for sale. Sure, sure. That was in a – people get that my car confused with that um, because it's a – I think it's a grey colour uh, off memory, but it, it does shine different colours in different lights. So sometimes you get like a light green or you might get a, a, a pinky cassisi colour. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, that does have colored wheels and you often saw them on, on white ones as well. Yeah. The white ones, that, yeah. the white ones, the white ones that Steve hates. Yeah, the white okay. Ones. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think the anniversary one though, that special edition one, it has piping on the seats, doesn't it? I'm looking at your seats. They don't have piping. Yeah. I think it has piping on the seats, the center console. That was, that was possibly an optional extra, I think at the time as well, because you do see quite a number of cars. If you take something like a one that stands out the Baltic blue, which has got the linen leather, which mine has, yeah. which is the cream leather effectively. And then it, it comes with the body-coloured um, piping as well, often. You've got that on 944s, I think, as well, on 928s. It, it's weird, isn't it? You know, if I if I was specking a car today, um, and I'm not this – is, this is no offence to you, but if I was specking a car today, I would not spec it in the colour of your car. But if I was looking for a G-Series and this one came up, I wouldn't say no to it because I really like the colour. In fact – the linen leather with the is that burgundy leather inside the dashboard? Is it burgundy or red or yeah, what? yeah, it's burgundy dashboard, burgundy door tops, um, and a burgundy ceiling. And um, a friend of mine who I met through the car actually, um, 
I turned up one day at a car show not long after I bought it, and he right. was in exactly the same car. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, we've become friends ever since. And he um, he sold his now, but his had a burgundy carpet setting, where mine's got a cream carpet setting. Um, so you do see him a few different ways around. And the yeah. other guy, Matt Farah's got one in this color as well. Um, is his smoking tire? Yeah, and he's. I think he's made it into Safari now, hasn't he? Yeah, he's made it into Safari, but it's weird. I. He has actually. It is Cassis red. It's weird how his color, and maybe it's just a light in LA compared to the light in Manchester. But well, his no color somewhere. looks. His <laughs> color looks different, doesn't it? It looks slightly darker, yeah. almost. Yours is sure. original. Well, yours is original paint, Mark. Yes. Uh, well, no, I've had it repainted. Oh, you've had it had repainted, it actually. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, other, so. the other famous Cassis red one that I always used to see on Instagram, and I don't know if she posts anymore, is that um, she did, uh, I think, a film for Porsche, one of the promotion pills, like uh, promotion films, like that Porsche girl, um, Turbo Kyoko or Turbo Kyoko, I think her name is, and she has All an right. Instagram site, and she has a Cassis red one in the US, but I think it's got black food wheels, so it doesn't have the the color coded. So how, so this car, it was nearby where you you lived at the time, so you, it was a local car. No, no, it was. Um, it was. Um, I bought it about uh, 100, 120 miles away uh, in Lincolnshire, and okay. I, again, I bought it out of the Auto Trader. Um, went down someone's drive, had a look at it. Had a number of stone chips on it. Had some rust on it, um, but I just had this vivid memory that I'd always wanted linen interior. I just thought that was stand out for me from that period um i'd always wanted unusual colors i'm always attracted to original originality i suppose but i'm always attracted to colors of the period as well you know um and at the time uh, a lot of them were sort of black wet uh, guards red or white and i was very much determined that i wanted something a bit different um and i think in the back of my mind the where I mentioned about the car that went past my parents' store, um, actually was this Cassis Red. And I've okay. often wondered if it's actually that car because I was once told that there was only 40-odd, somebody quoted 47 in the country in, in that colour. Um, it was more common in 928s, the Cassis Red, I believe. Yeah, because um, there's also a special edition in a 9, is it a 944 Turbo? Don't they do the Cassis Red in a... There's a limited edition 944 Turbo. Is that Cassis Red or is yeah, that a different I think color? It is. Yeah, there's no, one for sale is. in Australia at the moment. I remember Magnus Walker said on something I was watching that he was doing live that he was looking for one. And it's a, at the anniversary one. It was, I think it was Cassis Red. Um, but okay. going back to the color, like you said, there was, there was how many? There was about 40 odd, did you say? Oh, yeah, but I, I've done some research as best you can through Facebook and um, Instagram and that sort of thing, and I can only find five, including mine, in the UK. Now, you know, obviously there'll be a number of cars that people don't put on Facebook and that sort of thing, but I did the uh, Silverstone track day where we got 1,200-plus uh, Porsches there, and there was one there. I obviously, I know of the other ones, um, but yeah, very limited, very limited. Hopefully, out the back of this, we may find that find some more. But uh, yeah, yeah. So anyone anyone that's listening in the UK that has a Cassis Red eighty seven ish Carrera three point two, let me know or let contact Mark on his Instagram and let him know. I guess at the time, though, I, I'm wondering how it was in eighty seven. Whether this color was a popular color. You know, I always think about these colors because they're very period colors, aren't they? And I wonder. 
if they were a popular color or it was just they were just pumping out the red because obviously guards red you know there's nothing wrong with guards red if i was looking for you know a model like a car like yours that that 3.2 carrera g50 i wouldn't want a guards red one in saying that paul that's been on owner's stories before from new zealand his you know 3.2 carrera look you know look beautiful had the piping on the seats and everything when he showed me so that was a really nice looking car I like how it's a rare color. I really do like how it's a rare color, Mark. I, I just want to go back to the if the buying process, and I know it's a long time ago because you bought it, you know, in 2000 and what was it? 12. Two, 2012. So it's only eight years ago. It's not that long ago. So did you do any checks on the car or not? Because everyone who listens to the <laughs> podcast likes to know, especially when you're buying an air-cooled. And you're you're just an air-cooled owner. You, you haven't owed any water cools. The next car is, is not a water-cooled either, is it? No. Um, well, it's not a 911. Yeah, the next one. Yeah, but, it's not um, a 911. Yeah, exactly. Um, How did you go about in it? In answer to your question, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw it advertised and I rang up and made some inquiries about it. And as I say, it was about 120 miles journey uh, each way to go and have a look at it. But uh, I thought it was worth the effort. Um, I went to have a look at it. And on my way, um, I rang a chap that I know who specializes in um, uh, doing valuations and pre-purchase inspections, that sort of thing. And uh, again, different era, Michael, I guess. But he yeah. said, I, I said to him, um, would, you do, would you come and have a look? So he said to me, he said, well, and he's sort of huffing and puffing and <laughs> that sort of thing. And I said to him, he said, well, what are you looking to pay for it? And now I'm happy to share it, Michael, if you, you know, it's not a... Yeah, it's up to you, Mark, uh, if you want to share it. Um, yeah. I, I paid... Well, he said, "What you're looking to share? What you're looking to pay for it?" And it was it was advertised at ten thousand. And I said, "Well, probably anywhere between eight and nine thousand, something like that, as cheap as I can get it." But uh, he said, "Oh, you don't need an inspection. Save your money." So what do you mean? He said, "Well, the gearbox is worth this. The engine's worth that. The wheels are worth this. The glass is worth that. The interior right, is worth you can this. just pull it apart." And by the time you'd think, <laughs> to be honest, if I'd have brought it home and it had failed, I could have broke it for more than I paid that's, for it. So. That's a really, that's a really interesting way of looking at it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but again, a different era, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Just pull it apart. I mean, friend. Well, I to be fair, perfectly honest with you, I'd always wanted this three-two Carrera in a coupe format with a linen interior with an unusual color, so it ticked an awful lot of boxes for me. And I've got to be honest, and it sounds a bit slushy, but sat here now, um, I still pinch myself, and I still actually think how lucky I was uh, to be able to get in at the right time. And I'm not saying that to rub sort of salt in the wound for anybody that wanted an no, angle, no. but I just wonder how I'd have felt now knowing that I could never afford one because I really look at the prices now and I just think, wow, you know. Ref- refresh um, me because I'm not 100% up on the prices of 3.2 Carreras. What is the range in the UK now of, the, of, of a 3.2 Carrera G50? Yeah, probably anywhere between 40 and 50 sterling. 40 and so, 50, yeah. So good investment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you'd yeah, be getting you'd be I'm getting pats it. you'd be getting pats on the back for that, shouldn't you? From your wife. Well, now I don't you've, know. Now you've I'm made them much profit. I'll tell you how much I've spent on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's but let's it's, it's a long term. Let's get into that. So you go and pick it up. You didn't do any inspection. You just picked it up. You take it home. You've had a Porsche before. You know the quirks of the of the um, SC a seventy eight SC. You're in a eighty seven now. So it's you know it's ten years new. It's it's newer technology, sort of. What. Were there any surprises when you picked it up, when you first started driving it? Can you remember? Were there any surprises or anything major that you had to fix? No, not really. No, mechanically, it was seemed pretty sound um, for what I knew. I mean, I'm not I'm not a maintenance type guy, you know. I, I would 
farm out sort of thing to to other people but no it drove pretty well it stopped pretty well um and i suppose i was keen and prepared to take a chance anyway um as i say it had a lot of stone chips on it on the mirrors the bonnet the wings uh front bumper uh some cracking on the fog lights um and so it had been driven very well then it'd been driven a lot yeah, I had a strange history because, again, it, it, when you watch the video, it actually homes in on the YouTube video. It homes in on the, on the dial, on the speedo, and it got about 19,000 on it. Um, so the, it got swapped out. At The last history I've got for the old speedo was about 168, and then I bought it with 2,000 on, uh, 2,000 and a bit. Okay. So it's probably done about 170,000 at this stage. 170,000 miles, um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know I've done about seventeen in it now. I think in the last sort of eight years. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, it was it was rusting where they rust. They all rust under the 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 arches outlined. So what you tend to find is that the water collects and the dirt collects under the headlights at the front, yep. bottom of the wings, you know, uh, near the fuel filler cap, all that sort of thing. But. Yep. Um, yeah, so what I did was I actually had it tidied up locally. Um, shut your ears, everybody now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I had a bit, of, a bit of filler put in there. Um, it was very much a temporary job just to um, get to a stage where it was usable and I knew obviously further down the line that it would need rebuilding at some point because it was, you know, it needed doing, I suppose, but it was sort of a put-me-on job um, to, to use and enjoy, really. Um, I'm not massively precious about it. I like to keep it clean, but I drive it as well, you know. So. You drive it well, yeah. So let's 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 just go through that because you know the listeners always like to hear what people have done to their 911. So what what sort of things have you have you done to it during this uh, eight year, almost coming on nine years of ownership? What have you have you added anything? What what was the maintenance that you've done? Have you resprayed anything? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, I. It, it first um, went in for check over to see mechanically what the situation was. And we transpired that it had uh, thrown a stud or snapped a stud in the top okay. of the engine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, okay. um, so, so engine and gearbox out and right. it was very much a case of, well, there's no point changing one stud. You may as well change them all. So all got changed while the engine was out, clutch got checked and that seemed fine. Um, so I got put back together and a few grand later reused and yeah, runs well mechanically. Other than that, really, it's been general maintenance on the mechanical side. Um, not too bad at all, really. Um, as I say, in the early days, I did a, had a tidying up job done locally just by a, a local paint sprayer just to really just to tidy it up. Um, and then in 2017, um, I went to town on it and uh, had it all. And I must put some pictures. There's one picture I think on Instagram that I put on recently where it was in bits. Um, but I uh, I was going to ask you about that photo actually. Yeah, well, that was when they were putting it back together. Yeah, you said um, can't believe it's nearly four years since it's done. I'm looking at it thinking what happened, but you just it was just a respray, was it? That was why it was in bits. Well, yeah, amongst other things, but it basically it transpired that the fuel tank wasn't very clever, so we got a new fuel tank two new front wings and I was trying to put as much new metal into it as I could really so that you know just to eliminate some of this um chasing the rot okay um, so the new metal where do you get that from is that OEM Porsche or is it a yeah or Dansk there's a company a brand called Dansk when they when they can't get uh, I'm, in the end I'm not sure what we used um because there were some uh Porsche 
front wings and then there weren't. So we ended up either using Dansk or a Porsche, but you tend to find that they're very similar in product anyway. Yeah, I was going to ask um, you if it was Dansk actually, because it's, they, they make good parts, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was only really the two new front wings that we needed, the fuel tank. Um, after that, it was a lot of it was it needed about half a sill on one side, three quarters of a sill on the other. Um yeah, it was quite a painful process to watch. I used to go down every Saturday morning and, uh, yeah. Mark, know. Mark, I'm telling you, if that was my car, I would not go down there because I can't even bear to go in, if, you know, if I go into Autohouse Hamilton, the door panel's off and I see it all all pulled apart. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to – I actually have one of these people. I don't want to see my car in bits. You know what I mean? I know sure, some people get sure. enjoyment out of it, pulling it apart and putting it back together. But I think what you said about the fuel tank is a good thing, right? You, you replaced it with a new fuel tank, Yeah. Yeah, new fuel tank, um, as I say. You need to do that with most classic cars. I know me looking at the 912 and that, I know some most of them have had fuel tanks replaced. If they haven't, you probably need to do it because they, they get a bit, you know, pretty awful after 50 years um, on that sort of sure. car. Um, it's not a cheap changeover, though, is it, a fuel tank? It's quite expensive, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure of the breakdown price, um, to be honest, because it was all sort of what done as one, one package, really. Um, but we did the B posts as well where the door shuts are. Um, that was all new metal. Uh, as I say, half half the sill on one side, three quarters of the sill on the other. We basically, they basically cut it out until they got to solid metal um, and then pieced it in. Um, okay. And then I don't know if you're familiar on the on that model. Um, they have what they call the kidney bowls, which sit just behind the seats, if you like. And yeah. In the seats and the back wheels um so they were replaced and that was actually what forced the issue because it was very close to really needing doing it, it, you know it was going to get to the stage where it was going to be undrivable if it wasn't done so okay um that's forced the issue and I, I i went to town on it as i say so it went in uh as you say that uh, was january uh four years ago as i was shipping it away and it got it back at the easter april 2017 and it just felt a million dollars it was just like oh look at this how did you find the right person to do that because it's obviously a nervous process did you talk to friends did you go online how did you get the how did you have the confidence in in picking the place to to do these repairs shots around quite a lot and i think that's possibly along with losing my job that's probably what put me off keeping the original one because you kind of talk to these guys who obviously do proper job and that sort of thing. And there's, there's many price quotes that you get ranging from, you know, a 10 grand to a 25 grand. And you, you know, unfortunately with this type of car, until you actually get them in bits, the bit that you obviously don't like, and you get them on the floor and they're in a pile of dust <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you can't drive them away. That's when you find out how much it's going to cost. Um, and I happen to be at a show, um, a local Porsche show in uh, in Leeds and got talking to some guys who were actually doing restoration and they gave me a quote which I thought was perfectly reasonable and we worked a deal out and um, yeah, the rest is history really. They've maintained the car ever since as well, mechanically. And yeah, really pleased with the job to be honest. Okay, so you paid in, you paid eight years ago, you paid £10,000, right, for the car roundabout? Yeah. So you yeah. pay ten thousand pounds, and you don't have to tell me how much. But now they sell for about fifty thousand quid, fifty thousand pounds on for a reasonable one, reasonable condition, correct? And I'm sure. guessing they go higher yeah. than that. So it's probably like the median is around fifty thousand pounds. Yeah, forty some maybe. I, I'm, yeah, forty I'm to fifty. Not, uh, so yeah. have you put in more than that since you've owned the car? 
Have you gone past no, that threshold? I, I would say including buying it, and again, I'm happy to share it. I, I think including buying it, I'm into it for about 28. So, okay. um, yeah. So, yeah, as I say, I reiterate. That's pretty that, good. That's pretty good, though. Yeah, and as I said, um, I feel fortunate to have been able to buy one at the time when I did because, as I say, trying to find £50,000 for one now, um, it's a lot of money, isn't it? It is. It's a pity you had to sell that Targa, though. I understand the, the reasoning, but it, it's a pity because it is it is a really nice colour. I'm looking at your Instagram, am, as you can see. It's a, it's, it's a really nice green. No, I have actually looked for it. Um, and it's in, in the UK, you can go on DVLA and see on a registration check to see. And um, it's not been MOT'd or taxed, road taxed since 2008, I think. So the chances are it's probably dust somewhere now, unfortunately. It's been parted out or, yeah. or hopefully waiting a restoration. Since we're talking about your car, let's talk about this video, this Roger Bailey video that mm. you put on. I'm just looking at it on your YouTube. How did that come about? How did that video come about? A friend of mine's got a 964 and um, he's done a full, or had a full restoration done in it and he's, he's, he's modded it quite heavily. It's a fantastic looking car. And Roger... Um, does it as his hobby and uh, predominantly Porsches. And it, it, I just complimented him. He launched the video on Justin's uh, 964, right. uh, the grey one. And I just complimented him on a message, just said, look how great the video was and blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, Roger might be interested in doing your 3.2 Carrera because he's not done many air cools. And uh, he'd done an SC, I think, a yellow SC on, on there as well at one point. And uh, I sort of said, well, if you think it's good enough condition, then yeah, why not? It's a great so, video. It's something great to have, though, isn't it? So, what's the channel no, on YouTube? Fantastic. What's the channel on YouTube called? Just Roger Bailey. Just Roger, Roger Bailey, Bailey on YouTube. Yeah. So the listeners can just go to Roger Bailey on YouTube, and they can see yep. your your car in action. And I'm what, and it is on Instagram as well. If you're looking at Mark's Instagram, you can see it. Um, it's a little bit down. It's only about a week ago, I think it was posted, but it's it looks great. Your cars, your cars, fantastic. You know that that combination of interior with the exterior just just works so well. It really does work yeah, so well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's so Marmite, though. I mean, I quite f- find it quite entertaining because I I quite like going to car shows anyway. And I'll what I'll tend to do is I'll park it up and then I'll stand about two cars away from it. <laughs> and the reactions is great. You know, oh, I'd love one of them. That's the car that I always wanted, but not in that color, you know. <laughs> and it's it's amazing because the women yeah. absolutely love it. Girl, but it's also one of the... Love it. It's just such a... Girls love it, yeah. It's also one of yeah. those colors where it's like, you know, I would never buy that color, but in that car, I would take that color. You know what I mean? It's also that, I think sure. it must be that reaction as well, because it kind of, you know, mm. it is, it is yeah. very, you know, it's so, so 80s though. It's such a great color. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. All right. So Different. the 3.2 Carrera, the 87 is a car you still own. You still have it. Sure. In between that period, what was it? About a few years later, five years later or four years later, you, you started looking for another Porsche. You bought another Porsche. Yeah. Um, in 2017, um, I don't know why, but I'd always <laughs> fancied um, a 924. Um, and I think really, if I'm honest with myself, I probably fancied a 924 or a 944 before the 911 just to get a Porsche because they were so much cheaper. Yeah, yeah. But I was de- so determined to get a 911 um, that I didn't want to spend any money buying a, another one uh, in the early days. So sort of reliving the thing. And I'd asked a friend um, who does valuations, um, what whether you'd have a look at we were having lunch at a car show and i'd asked a friend if he'd have a look at this particular car on the field and he said to me he said i can go one better than that he said um a family friend is looking to sell their car and 
I'm in charge of selling it. They're elderly. They're in their 70s, late 70s, and they don't want to deal with the public. They don't want to advertise it. They just don't want any messing around. So, um, And I think it could be perfect for you. So this was a... And again, I think there's pictures of it on my Instagram page. It's a, it's a 1985 Porsche 924 in black. Oh, there it is. What was quite unusual about this was it, it um, I believe, a few people... Yeah, a few people have said that the fact that it's black is unusual. Uh, the fact that it's a non-sunroof model was unusual. And it only had three owners prior to me. And the owner I bought it off had had it 30 years. Um, and one of the owners was actually, I think it had come, it was it was a company in London, right, uh, I believe, right. that had it. Uh, an actual company. And somebody must have had it as a director's company car or whatever. And then somebody bought it and quickly sold it within sort of 18 months or something. Um, and then it came to me. Um, oh, sorry, it came to the chap I bought it off, and he'd had it 30 years. And then it came to me. And, um, yeah, it was just so so unique, to be honest. It was it was just like a time warp, you know, it, the history it, with it. It seems like when you buy your cars, the thread here is you're, you're pretty quick in deciding, aren't you? Like you, you're kind of not really looking, but you are looking, and then you just you – just, it just all falls into place. Is that is that how you see it? I guess so. You're always but, looking, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, no, you're always looking. I think subconsciously you're always looking. I think that's um, the thing, is that you don't tell people you're looking, but you're always looking. Yeah. But that's yeah. almost like the perfect buying situation, isn't it? An elderly couple that they don't want to advertise and you get the first look, so, you know, there's no other competition. What are the wheels on that on that 924, though? Were they standard wheels? Just standard wheels, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a really standard car, even down to the point where it only had a single mirror on as well. Um, and a lot of the early 911s only had single mirror as well. The actual mirror from Porsche, I believe, was a was an optional extra. It looks really good in um, black, though, doesn't it? It really the shape yeah, of it. Yeah, totally you, original. You're right. And, I can't remember yeah. seeing many black ones. Even when I, I mean, I do look at them. I look at uh, 924 turbos when when you know I'm checking the the ads for them. But you don't yeah. really see black ones because black wasn't no, that popular at that period, really, was it? No, I suppose not. This is '85, and it was. Um, I, I didn't realize that it was that unusual until I was at a car show one day and the guy said, wow, black one. You know, I've seen many of them. And again, you had a lot of golds and greens and there was quite a lot of unusual colors. Again, I love the 70s and 80s Porsche colors. I just think they're, yeah. they're fantastic. What What was the interior, Mark? How, what was the interior? Did the it interior have a crazy the, interior or just a subtle interior? No, fairly subtle. It was the um, Porsche cloth, you know, where it says Porsche. Oh, I um, like that. That's that's nice. You saw that in 944s quite a bit as well, I think. Yeah. Was it uh, so black, it was just black and grey or was it in a different colour? Yeah. Black bolsters and then sort of grey and black um, Porsche logos. Not logo, but Porsche yeah. uh, word print, if you like. Yeah, yeah. It's, a nice, it's, a, it's a subtle interior, but it's still a nice interior. Very period, beautiful interior. And when you owned that, yeah. so you... Well, tell the listeners, you've sold that car, haven't you? You don't own that car anymore. I sold it in January last year to an enthusiast. Um, why, Mark? That's the question. Why? <laughs> I wasn't using it, if I'm honest. Oh, really? And at the time, I didn't have any garage space, and it was very much a case of it was under a cover and that sort of thing. And I, I didn't, in some ways, I didn't want to sell it because uh, it was quite an emotional transaction, buying the car off the chap after 30 years. He was very attached to it. And, um, but in other ways, it was very much a case of I wasn't doing the best for the car, if you like. So I felt a bit guilty about that. And yeah, kind of sold it on, really. When you bought it from the previous owner that owned it for 30 years, you said you'd look after it for him. Is that why you felt bad? And then you sold it after a few years? 
Yeah, well, you kind of look at these things, I suppose, don't you? There's a third car and you think, well, you know, if it's not for me, I can always sell it on. And I suppose profit's there in your mind sometimes and that sort of thing. But it, it was more than that, you know. I mean, right down to how it had um, in the history, it had um, lists of um, Porsche um, group centres that were around in the 80s that just weren't around anymore, right, right down to, if you zoom right in on the car, on the original, it's got the original number plates. And I, I get very sort of excited about things like this, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it had a private plate on the car. Oh, okay. uh, he, the guy that had it 30 years, had a private plate on it. But because he was an older guy, I thought to myself, oh God, just let him put those plates, the original plates in his garage and keep them safe. And he had, and it had the original dealer plates on it things like that i mean just wow. yeah wow. it's lovely yeah great car but uh, so were there any any issues during the three years of so of ownership with the um with that car with the 924 really it it, it did let me down once it had thrown a um a fan belt um on the motorway in the worst possible place to break down probably on the motorway but now apart from that it, it was just general maintenance to be honest it was it had had Prior to me, it had paint at some point, but I think most of it was original paint as well. It was, it was a really good order. It was yeah, manual it was, though, right? Or was it auto? Yeah, no, manual. Yeah, that was good fun. It's yeah, good fun. it's a nice car. So, so far you've had the 1978 911 SC Targa. You've got your 3.2 Carrera, which is still in your garage in, in Cassius Red, Cassius Red. Um, and then you had the 924. Now, out of yep. those three cars, and I know people are wanting me to ask this question, out of those three cars, which one... And just because you've only left with that one, but which one would you pick? Which one is the the car that you think is the pick of the three? The one I've got without question. Without um, question, yeah. Yeah, and I think that was really, if I'm honest with myself, why I sold the 924. Because, one, I wasn't using it, but I wasn't using it because I had a left or right choice on a cars and coffee morning, and I was always going in the 911, you know. Because okay. um, you go, I find you go into similar events. Um, so if you go into similar events, it's kind of – you could have gone to what they call a retro meet with the 924, perhaps easier than you could with the 911. But it was very much a case of they're very, yeah, well, they're the same brand, aren't they? So I think it's, I, I tend to find that, you know, I'd always go in the 911. Ultimately, that's what I wanted. You know? And the three the three variants, reliability-wise, do you would you say the one you have now is the, the most reliable or they're pretty much all around the same sort of thing? As in, you know, um, maintenance, etc. How you feel when you're in the car? You feel like it's not going to break down on you? Are they all about the same, or is one stand out as being a lot more reliable? I think the the current Cassis Red one is is um, much more uh, usable. Whether that's the gearbox or the engine, or yeah, to me that it's just a more usable proposition. The nine two four was, you know, again leaving them outside doesn't help and and that sort of thing. And you, you just, yeah, from a reliability point of view, I think the, the, the three, two, I mean, I've, I've been up to Scotland in a couple of years on the run doing North coast 500s and things like that with the, with the three, two and it's yeah. Bulletproof. Yeah. I'm touching a lot of wood here, Michael, when I'm saying this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I bet you are. Sorry. I'm asking the worst question. Okay. Let's, let's talk about something, the driving experience there, not the maintenance, the driving experience. And I think you've already answered this, so I'm, I'm probably asking a, a, a redundant um, question. The driving experience, what is there a standout in each of them or you still think the, the 3.2 is, is the pick? Well, the 924 is good in the respect that you've got to drive the heels off it because it was the base one as well. So it wasn't the S uh, and it wasn't the turbo. So you've got to drive the heels off it. So it's a good driving experience in the, in the respect that you've got to be up and down the gears to get the best out of it. 
So I, I would say that's a really good B road car. Okay. Um, the 78, it's going back a number of years, um, but the 78, the SC was, I think it was all right. I'm not sure how well sorted it perhaps was. Um, I was a lot younger and you've not got the same resources to be able to perhaps maintain it just the same. The 3-2 is just amazing. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer, and again, a lot of people say it, that no air cool cars, but you've got to learn to drive those cars. You can't just... I, I, it's never bothered me to some extent, the offset pedals and that sort of thing. Yeah. No hydraulic clutches, no power steering, um, but you really have got to um, learn to drive them. I mean, I, as I say, we did North Coast 500 back in September with a few friends, and we were on the, uh, they call it the Duke's Pass on the Friday morning and it was absolutely belting it down with rain. It was like torrential and this pass goes up quite steep and back and forth, back and forth, climbing, climbing, climbing all the way up. And uh, yeah, it was a few hairy times. I've got new tyres on, especially for the trip, but you, uh, you're always conscious of the fact, you know, it's um, it a slowing fast out type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, I lost the 78, I lost the SC on a roundabout once oh, in okay. the early days. And I'd been reading since I was probably 13 or 14 about these cars and, you know, um, I think they used to call it the, the turbo one. They used to call it the widow maker or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that was for a whole different reason, I suppose. But I must have, it was very early in the morning and I was going out to uh, a car show, a brother, and we'd just gone round the roundabout, put a little bit of power on, nothing to, and just span it completely on the roundabout. Fortunately, there was no traffic around. It was very early in the morning, but we'd probably hit some diesel or, or whatever. Oh, right, but it does make right. you learn and it does make you cautious, you know, and you kind of, yeah, they're, they're very, I just think you've got to, be respectful of it, of it. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. In answer to your question, the very the three two Carrera when it's sorted is a very usable car. I Experience think. wise, um, that's the best one. Have you? Yeah. I didn't ask you the question actually. Have you upgraded, improved the suspension of your car, and have you upgraded the exhaust? Um, I haven't done for that either. car. Um, now. I'm a stickler for originality and I take some stick off my mates for not changing the exhaust out actually. Cause if you read some of the comments on that YouTube video, again, there's a few comments from friends saying he needs to change the exhaust, but I haven't done. Isn't there a really good Danks exhaust for the 3.2 Carrera? I thought Danks did I a pretty good so. one. Like original yeah. type, but a bit, 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 a slightly better sound. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never, uh, I've never looked into it if I'm honest. I've, I've always liked it totally original, so much so that just going off track a bit, but I bought um, a radio for it and I got really quite sort of <laughs> in love about the radio okay, because okay. I'd sussed out that um, uh, it should have, it was two options it could have come with. And right. they reckon it was the, it was the Blaupunt SQR 46 Toronto to, <laughs> to be specific. And, it, it had come in Porsche of that vintage. It had come in the 7 Series BMW, and it had come in the Rolls-Royce. This particular oh, right. the same, exactly the same. Yeah, and if you look at it on eBay, they fetch $1,000 or whatever, and you're looking at an AM, FM radio with a tape deck on it. That's it. Right. You know? So this was crazy, and uh, a couple of summers ago, I got outbid at 500 quid on for one, and I thought, I'm not doing this. <laughs> and I just happened to be sat one day in my regular car uh, waiting for my daughter, and um, I saw this guy on Facebook raving about, it's arrived, it's arrived. I thought, what's this he's talking about? And it's a Blaupunk radio, exactly the same look as the period radio. Yeah. But what they've done is where the tape deck was, they've actually put a USB 
port in there. Ah, is that got a little door that flaps down? Yeah. You yeah. know, you know, I think yeah. I, you know what? Matt Farah from Smoking Tire, sorry to interrupt the story, but Matt Farah from mm. Smoking Tire was at the Ferrari guy in the desert that's fixing up his 328 GTS. And it was delivered there and he just bought one and he was showing it. Maybe it was the same brand. And he flipped it yeah. down and it had the USB port and it looked, you know, period, almost period correct, but it was, it was modernized with, the, you know, with no tape deck. It must be the yeah. same one. It must be yeah. a similar one, I think. And I was fortunate because the, when I looked into it, there were about 400 pounds plus fitting. And the distributor were relatively local to me, the national distributor for the UK. Fantastic. Um, they fitted it, and they've also fitted me a microphone so that I can use my car phone because I use it. I have my own business. So sometimes in the summer, if the weather's good or whatever, and I've got a nice ride out to see a customer, I'll go in that and I'm able to talk while I'm driving. So. Great. So, so the question is, Mark, the question is when did you fit the radio? How long ago? Um, be coming up two years, maybe two years. So you weren't tem- months, you years. weren't tempted to get the uh, Porsche OEM updated, um, you know? Yeah, the classic, the classic one. Um, I did look at it. Um, a few people had sort of said that. It, I think a lot of people have gone for it for the sat nav. Yes, but, but it's, it's quite small. I but believe it's too small though. You can't see it. Yeah, and I think that was the only thing that had that mine hasn't. So it's DAB. I've got an antenna in the window. It's DAB, and it's also. Um, FM radio as well. And as I say, it's got the phone kit in it. So, and it's period. I yeah. wanted something that was, you know. Yeah, I think, it, I I think mean, it's nice. Bearing in mind, I was going to pay £100 more <laughs> for something that was shabby and covered in dust out of someone's shed from the 80s. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I got a brand new unit. That, and the Porsche part's so much more expensive as well. I think it's more like 1000 or 1200 yeah. sterling. It looks good. I'm looking at your picture, actually. I can see it. It, it looks good if that's in the, the current picture you put on. Yes, it is. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. looks good. So that's really the only mod other than it being original, to be honest. So you're happy with the car. You're happy with it as it is. It's, it's you know, it's that it's like that one you saw originally. It could even be the same one. So, you know, it's a great story. Yeah, sorry, to, to put some, to add a bit of weight to that story, what actually happened was my car was registered with Ian Anthony at Wilmslow. Okay. In Cheshire. And so that was really local to where we are. That's probably 30, 40 miles away, if that, where we are, um, where I actually originally saw that car. So you, you kind of wonder, I'm about the 10th owner on it, I think, but you kind of wonder if that was that car. I think it is, Mark, don't you? I mean, the chances are well, with that color, that spec, that color, I mean, it, it, the chances are it is the same car, which is, you know, which is, yeah. a, which is a great story. It's a great story. It's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's good. So three three Porsches, SC Targa. I'm going to get into this. I'll eventually get my train of thought going. 3.2 Carrera Coupe, 924. You've had three. You say you never look. You say you're always looking. Is there something now that you are searching for or are you done and you're just going to have the, the, the Carrera for now? I know. The, the, well, <laughs> I've come close a couple of times to swapping it for a modern one because I like the idea of a modern one. But. I've never been able to do it, to be honest. And I, yeah, it'd have to be as well as, and I'm, I'm not sure how feasible that is. Maybe one day. Um, but uh, I've had a couple a modern, of... A modern one as in a 991-992 or a modern one as in a 996 or 997? Uh, probably more down the 997 route. Uh, there's probably two that really float my boat, actually, probably. But uh, the 997 Targa, I think, was a great-looking car. And I know it divides opinion, but I really like it. I think yeah, it's, it's uh, not on everyone's list, that one. Why do you like that no, one? Tell me the reason why. I you think, think it came in some great colour schemes again. I'm a real tan interior lover, um, and I think it looks great with the tan. 
um, like the biscuity tan leather, the darker tan. Um, and if you look closely on the Targa from the side profile, it's got the chrome strip that yeah. comes down around the back window. And I just think, yeah, I just think it looks a million dollars out to be fair. It's weird. I remember seeing them in Sydney at the time. I remember when they came out. And I, I think my wife's, one of my wife's, my wife's clients had one. I think she had one. Um, and I thought it was, it, it was to me, it was still a, a really nice looking a 911. It looked fantastic. It didn't look like the 80s ones, of course. It was so much you know, removed from the 80s ones. But it was still a nice looking 911. I don't know whether people get upset about it because of the name being called Targa and it doesn't have the, you know, the, the traditional you know, uh, yeah, Targa roof. Yeah, the Targa yeah. roof, or it's it's something else. I think it's just because it doesn't re- resemble the 80s Targas, I think, or the 70s Targas. I think that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because the Targa um, came back in with the 993 and the 996 and the 997, all in the glass yes. profile. Yeah, it did. Split behind the back. Three window. generations, yeah. Mm. So, so, so it must have been okay if Porsche kept it going for three generations. Yeah, but then you wonder... When they switched it on 991, 992, they've switched it back to traditional, haven't they? Which is an outstanding looking car. To be yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful car, which hold their value unbelievably well. It's crazy how much they, I know in, you know, in Australian market, I think UK as well, they, they still hold their value, the targets, don't they? They're not, they're not cheap. No. Um, all right, so you, you're happy with that. You, you don't want to change. Um, I don't think you should sell it. I think that's, that's my opinion from seeing a car on Instagram and, and not in real life, but seeing it on Instagram. I, you know... If it comes a time where you can get two, I would keep it. I would keep that one and get a modern one. I think you'll regret selling it. It's just such a it's such yeah. a nice looking car, and and it seems you know you've got it well sorted now as well. So you know it'd be very hard to part with it. I think that's what it came down to in the end as well. You know, people are sort of saying, well, yeah, but if you sold it, you wouldn't get it back. Whereas if you you bought a modern one and you swapped it for another modern one or whatever, you know, they're relatively straightforward to all right, you can go with specific color specs and that sort of thing. Because the other modern one that really gets me is the 991 GTS. I just think they've done such a good job with that. I think um, I think that's a real special occasion car because I think the 991 sort of, it's a real great car, don't get me wrong, but a lot of people would still be using those as commuter cars, whereas I think you could get in a 991 GTS and really enjoy that on a Sunday morning because it's it's the attention to detail with the stitching on the seat belts and the dash and the Alcantara and I just think they're really sort of special. Yeah, I have to agree with you with that one. That's probably I have to say, and, I, and like I said, I don't hate PDK. Um, the episode this week we talk about PDK Emmanuel. Um, oh, sorry, the previous episode of the podcast we talk about PDK Emmanuel a couple of weeks ago, but. You know, I, I really love Barry's car that's been on the owner stories. Uh, I think his yeah. GTS is, is fantastic. I really liked Kestas's one. He had the 997 Carrera 4 GTS. He Very bought good. a really good one. Um, the GTS is, is appealing. But I think when it comes to PDK, um, Mark, I think the only PDK, one of the few PDKs I would buy would be in the 991.1 GTS. I know people say get the manual, but I think in the GTS, you know, with that little bit of extra bump in power, you know, the... I still think they must tune that that transmission slightly different on the on the on the GTS. I think that's a that's a really good car, and I think they're going to go up in value a lot. I mean, there's 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 so few on the market. Um, and Nick, who's been on the very first owner stories, a friend of mine in the UK, he's he's looking for one. He's decided I think he's going to get one instead of getting um yeah. a Touring. So I think that's a I think yeah. it's it's on everyone's list, and I think that just shows you uh, like guys like yeah. us 
you know the price is going to go up. It's going to be a point in time where we're going to say, we wish we, wish we would have bought one. Yeah, they really are holding up as well. I mean, they're not too far away, really, from what they were new. Are they? Well, they are, but they're not, if you know what I mean. It's, they've not dropped like, um, like a lot have, have they? Um, no, no. All right, so we're almost at the end. We're, we're we're a little bit over an hour, but I thought we would go a bit over an hour today because you've got a, a few uh, a few Porsches. You've had you've had a good experience. Um, I always like to ask the question if anyone's in. So you're in uh, you're in Manchester region. I didn't tell that to the listeners. You're in Manchester area, right? In the UK? Yeah, just north of Manchester, um, an area called Saddleworth. Um, so we sort of stepping out. We're, we're sort of between Manchester and Yorkshire, really, right on the border almost. So you go to all these cars and coffee. Um, I guess you go on, on on drives near near where you live. If someone's in the region, what is what is a drive that you you would recommend that, that they do? And you've also just said you've driven in Scotland, which is one on one of my lists to definitely go and drive in Scotland. Oh, it's, yeah, we're starting with the Scotland one. I mean, that was just it was great, absolutely great. Um, we didn't do all of the North Coast five hundred. We spent about three four days doing it. But what we did do was just brilliant yeah the scenery and yeah no just couldn't recommend it enough um i remember we did about 25 miles down a single track road <laughs> oh, really? with passing places in in different areas and that sort of thing but we did it on walkie talkies and it was great it was, uh, so how many days cars. how many days would you allocate for a trip like that in scotland five days a week yeah or even a week yeah seven days something like that you could really you could do it all um probably in seven days and enjoy it um some good videos on on youtube as well i think sam moore's did one in his old um air cooled i think i saw that i think i saw that Mm. yeah yeah i mean that's that i think that's that's on the list for sure and and where you live there's some great roads great back roads that you can take the car on that are that are okay they're not too bumpy yeah on the pennines and that sort of thing um i tend to be more of a sort of cars and coffee sort of destination get up early young family and whatever so get up early on a sunday morning and out for a blast and then uh, turn up at a cars and coffee and home by lunchtime sort of thing. But uh, yeah, no, there's some good stuff out onto the Pennines and um, Ribble Valley and yeah, that's good. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Anything else you want to share with the listeners before we go, Mark? No, no, I think, uh, like I say, I just really enjoy your show and uh, yeah, I've been enjoying the banter between you and Steve and, uh, and listening to the owners and their different points of view. And I just thought mine might be interesting to a few different people with uh, some of the older cars and yeah. Oh, it is. It is. Thanks. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. It's, it's great. And I know it's, um, oh, it's afternoon in the UK there. I'm, I'm in Bahrain, so it's, it's early evening. So thanks for taking some time out and chat, but I, you know, I thought you had a great story because I've, I've I looked through Instagram and I saw the cars and I thought, you know, he's, Mark's got a great story to tell and, and, and it is a great story. And it's good that, you know, you saw a car and you think that the car you have is is that car. You know what I mean? It's coincidence. I don't know. Everything sort of it yeah. happens for a reason, doesn't it? Sure, sure. It'd be nice to be nice to know. But uh, at the end of the day, it's, um, yeah. Keep searching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's All right. That's great. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, thank you for being on Owner Stories. For all the listeners, this is Owner Stories number 21. So that was Mark um, from Manchester. We'll call it Manchester. This is uh, with his you know, great story of owning three Porsches, a 911-78 SE Targa, a 1987 uh, 911-3.2 Carrera G50, the gearbox, the choice, uh, and a 924, very rare black standard no sunroof um which you know is all on his instagram so check out mark's instagram it's in the link of this um podcast and that's about it thank you everyone for listening and bye for now